to another episode of Call to the Table, a fun-loving podcast where, you know, we just have to make do with our situation and and uh, record remotely. I'm Liv, and I am currently going insane from being stuck inside for over 30 consecutive days. <laughs> I'm John. I'm still working throughout all this. I'm Jordan. I'm... Working and enjoying the weather throughout all of this. I'm Caroline. I'm technically working, but eh, I'm enjoying my free time, such as making a Pokemon painting, which is what I have in front of me right now. Very excited about it. Fun. Yep. So we have, last month, we talked a little bit about dealing with um, fear and being with COVID and stuff like that. And we thought that a good episode for this month to kick it off would be talking about the difference between perception and reality. So the question I'm putting out is why is it so important to know the difference between someone's perception and reality? Liv? Well, I think it's really important to understand it because one thing that I might find as reality and through my perception might actually be somebody else's like it might be counter of what they feel their perception of what I feel is reality might be altered because of you know past hurts or current situation in life or current life seasons like everyone's perception can be slightly different based off of you know their life's reality yeah I agree John I mean, to me, it makes a huge difference in how you make your decisions. I mean, if you perceive something to be true and it's not, you're going to end up going down a bad path. Whether that be within a relationship, job-wise, just life in general, it makes a world of difference of just being able to discern between the two. Yeah, I think for me, the importance of knowing the difference is like, like what you said, John, but not only that, but like your perception and how you react according to your perception can influence other people. So like how I view or my perception of a certain situation, I'm going to react based on that. And that can rub off onto Caroline or to John or to, you know, Liv or whatever, which can then influence their perception. And, you know, that's versus where if you have reality of what's actually going on, everybody is going to react relatively within the same view of that because that's just, it is what it is. That's the reality of it. It's like the reality of the sky being blue. I mean, everybody's just going to accept that the sky is blue. I thought the sky was green. Shut up. Mm -hmm. Caroline. I I largely agree with Jordan uh, in that... Uh, making sure everyone is on the same page is incredibly helpful. Also, uh, for that person's own health, I think being able to discern between the two uh, helps perhaps bring somebody out of a bad situation, which is definitely something I want to talk about further. Do you want to talk about that further now? I don't know. I thought it would work better with another, like, we have an outline this time. I thought maybe it would work better some at a different time. So, okay. I mean, if that's you fine. want me to, that's fine. But 
I mean, go for it. I don't care. Okay. Wheel. For someone who perhaps suffers from depression or anxiety, their view of the world can be very skewed, particularly their view of themselves. When Mm. someone is trying to tell them, no, you really are doing well at this thing, or, you know, I I really do understand where you come from, but that person, uh, their perception is so skewed because they can't see themselves as being loved, or they feel like they have to prove something in order to be worthy of that. That is a very flawed perception that keeps them from having that peace, from acknowledging the truth. And uh, I struggled with this a lot in college, uh, but I remember one time during uh, one of the summers when I actually had a summer job uh, in between semesters and uh, I was so sleep deprived after I went to this conference with the company that I was with that I just was basically babbling nonsense. And mom's like, no, 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 get in bed. (laughs) You're not thinking straight get in bed. And uh, I did want to point out that sometimes what helps our perception is taking care of ourselves because our mind is technically an organ. And if the organ is not functioning well, that could be for multiple reasons, one of which, you know, is uh, health. And I learned something really cool in college that has stuck with me. And it's the acronym HALT. Are you hungry? angry, lonely, or tired. And they talked about it as, you know, if you feel like you're being spiritually attacked, but I would use it for any situation where it's like, I just feel bad. Like what's, what's going on? Why, why am I just so foggy headed? Why am I in a bad mood? Like it's a good starting place for if you're you're trying to do a self-assessment because sometimes it really is something as small as I'm hungry. And then, wow, I, I've eaten something. Oh my word, I feel better. You know, yeah. you, you'd be so surprised what just a little thing can do to help make you feel better. I don't know if I mentioned this on another podcast, but this is another thing that I learned recently that I love. If you are, uh, if you feel like you hate the world, you're just angry at a lot of things, you're probably hungry. That's where we get hangry from, of course. If you tend to, if you're like really hating on yourself, you're probably tired. So it's one of those things where instead of overanalyzing something and really trying to like dig deep into yourself, maybe try that first. Because particularly if you're an overthinker like me, because you can overthink yourself into a pit and you're not going to see the light anywhere. It's a whole lot easier to just go, you know what, what I'm dealing with is sin. And everybody else is also dealing with sin. I can't overanalyze myself to the point of like, because if I do, I'm just trapped in a loop. It's so much easier to just think about, okay, what's something that I can do physically for my body? I need Mm -hmm. food. Wow, that brightened my mood. Maybe I need to go to bed at a better time. Wow, I woke up and I feel better. So just that's kind of where I'm coming from with perception versus reality at least on the the health part because I know we can talk about it in multiple ways yeah absolutely Liv is patiently raising her hand (laughs) yes yeah so 
let's let's look at it in like a deeper aspect. Car- uh, Caroline, my question actually is for you. Um, no, I'm in the hot seat. <laughs> you, you knew this was going to happen. We we all knew that this was coming. Um, let's let's assume that you've gone through the process of your your acronym HALT, okay, and you're still finding that your perception or your reality is still skewed from somebody else who has also gone through that process of taking care of themselves and finding that their their mental state and their physical state are you know pretty much on a, on a on an okay level where do you go from there to recognize the fact that your perception and their perception equals two different realities oh that's a good question that is a good question i would say you go to the next level then which is uh, i know i didn't mention this but halt really should include prayer as well um and that can mean that maybe God leads you to professional help, which could be counseling, which could be medication, which could be both. Uh, it could mean a lifestyle change. And I don't just mean like exercise or eating better, but maybe you're in a bad place as far as your job goes. Maybe they have had different life experiences than you have. Even even if you maybe are dealing with the same thing, it's a matter of, well, when I say the same thing, I mean like depression or anxiety or something else like that. Uh, they're still a different person than you, which I know is very difficult to realize when you're under those kinds of situations. But it really does help when you've done what you know you can do for yourself, you've got to go out and get other help, which I would think you would be doing while at the same time helping yourself. Because the starting point for knowing that you know you need help is acknowledging that you have a problem. And that if your perception makes you unhappy, if you feel like this reality makes you unhappy, you know, you gotta find a way to feel like I said that wrong it's not you've got to find a way to but you need to reach out yeah so would you say in your opinion that two people's realities can't coincide with each other would like I'm just diving you know as deep as possible into this um but would you say that it's there's there's a wrong chord somewhere in the line of communication or in the line of perception if two people have alternate realities? Not necessarily, because I like... I, was it John or you who said earlier that uh, that reality can contain uh, different perspectives? And um, just because one person's thing exists doesn't mean that yours isn't also valid, so to speak. I feel like it's hard to delve deeper into this when we're just in hypotheticals. Yeah. If that makes sense. John, John's patiently waiting over here to say something, so I'm going to let him interject. Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> this has something to do with something I've learned a long time ago. The same event can happen... Two people can see it, and you will have two different thing, two different perspectives. 
there is the absolute truth. There's at least person A and person B. Mm-hmm. So there's absolute truth, person A, person B with any event. If you if you take, for example, like let's just take a look at how the world was created. You either have a creationist worldview or you have a purely by chance worldview. You can look at the exact same evidence, but based off your perspective, you come out with different answers. Now, the reality is the world is here. To our beliefs and the truth, it was created. But if you were to have the aspect of the Big Bang happened and rock just came together, blah, 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 that you're, the fact that the earth is here came from that. So there is always an absolute truth, and there are always going to be multiple perspectives on the truth. And I think, that's, I think that better answers what Olivia was asking, in my opinion. Yes, Caroline. So it reminded me of a debate that a lot of people bring up as to the events of the resurrection. Because we have in all four Gospels some, what they would say, discrepancies between who got there first mm-hmm. and when certain people were around for certain events. And to me, this really fits the absolute truth. But within that absolute truth, there can sometimes be some confusion because, I mean, A, different people are getting there at different times, that doesn't mean that maybe these things didn't happen in a different sequence of events because, A, that was a really chaotic time for everyone. They're running back and forth between the tomb, and sometimes you just have to read between the lines to go, okay, it makes sense that this person got there first, and then this person followed afterwards, leaving this person here when this thing happened. So it's not so much that there are discrepancies, it's just sometimes you're missing the bigger picture because you're focusing on, well, it says this person got there first. Not necessarily. You you have to, you know, put, put the puzzle together. Well, and it's like, it's like when you have a car wreck or when a crime is committed, the way that officers a lot of times know when the people involved actually met up and got their story straight is when there aren't varying pieces in their stories. Mm. So it actually is more accurate, not more accurate, but it's actually more likely that the resurrection happened because there are slight discrepancies. It doesn't matter who got there first. What matters is that everybody that, you know, all four gospels talk about the fact that there wasn't nobody in that tomb. If there, if, you know, one gospel sat there and said, no, there was a body. And then the other people said that there wasn't, that that's where it's a, that almost makes it sound made up. But the fact mm-hmm. that, that there's a discrepancy about who got there first is less, that actually makes it more valid and more accurate and more like an absolute truth because there are varying things. It wasn't like they got together and was like, okay, we're all going to agree you know, Peter got there first. We're all going to agree that so-and-so did this. It There are varying stories, which is a good thing. But the main details, which again, like with a crime or with a car wreck, the main details are consistent. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if all of that answers your question, Liv, but... <laughs> oh, it does. And 
I think one of the things I'd like to to bring up is a conversation that we had a while back ago when we, when we first started recording. We were talking about, uh, and we were kind of in a, not I don't want to call it a heated conversation, but it was definitely a good test of our communication skills with each other right. and agreeing to disagree. When we kind of spoke on, and we didn't put this in the podcast, but when we spoke on the seven days, yeah. the, the creation, and how you know, perception can be, you know, it was seven days and the way I perceive it may be different than somebody else because the way I've been taught and the way I've been like reading the Bible and the way I perceive certain events in the Bible may have a different form of reality to me than it does to other people. Being someone who says, well, what if seven days was actually thousands of years because God's perception and God's reality of time is so obsolete in comparison to what we perceive time to be. They're so different, you know, and it, it really does kind of open up all of these avenues of just the baseline fact is everyone can have a different perception of the exact same reality skewing their personal realities from the get go. Right. I love how you kind of just brought up the gap theory. <laughs> You're welcome. Casually brings up gap theory. Blows John's mind. It doesn't blow my mind. I was just over here laughing at it. No, I just love the fact that, that she referenced something which we did record in a podcast and we completely cut it because it did get, and like Liv said, it wasn't heated. but it No, it wasn't was heated. We We just were like, Hey, th- we're we're getting into an entirely different topic here that we could talk about for a while, but we're we're talking about something else. We had to pause. It's one of the few times we've ever had to pause the podcast recording to talk about it, and then come back, then recording. come back and record it. I don't think we've done that since. So no, yeah. um, but I mean. Here we go. Here, here's here's another example, and here's the way I could sneak it back in because I thought, you know, our conversation was so was so enlightening for just in general, just to kind of, you know, it, it was a really great conversation to have because it kind of brought the four of us into an understanding of where we all are as yeah. far as our perception of the Bible and our perception of, you know, how we've been taught and how we grew up in the church. Because I've always been taught that, yes, seven days in the Bible says seven days, and but there's that understanding and that freedom of understanding that God is an all-powerful God. Yep. His idea of seven days could literally be a blink and it actually be thousands of years. And that's just kind of a, a place where I've perceived um, creation. And I know that there are people who probably disagree and there are people who probably, you know, might agree with me. But it's just the the reality of my teaching. And it's it's where I've kind of perceived God and how I see, you know, how those seven days play out and how those seven days have kind of brought us to where we are. I also am the type of person who says, yeah, uh, Big Bang could have easily happened because God could have snapped his fingers and the whole planet could have come together in a bang. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who's to say that's not a fact, you know? Can, can I can I just say something really fast that totally, yeah. like, goes with what you're saying? So, um, I, I think I saw this on Nova 
about how they were talking about in the Big Bang, so much light and matter was created at the same time. I mean, it effectively, it was like something small just went bam. And all the universe, well, at least our part of the universe, was filled with light and matter. And it's like, that's literally what happened. God said, let there be light. Kablam! You know, so I I believe that they 100% coincide on that part. Well, and I mean... This goes back to a research paper I did my senior year in high school. Ooh, but nice. The Big Bang, an explosion, is not a cause, it's an effect. Yep. Something had to cause the explosion. Well, with mm-hmm. how the Big Bang is set up, something that had to exist outside the laws of physics had to enact upon it to cause it to explode. Mm-hmm. Now... I'm underneath, you know, and I'm underneath more of the opinion that when God said there was morning, there was night, the first day, that it was the first day, the second day. This yeah, is where, same here. And this is where I think, you know, this is where a lot of people get. There's an agree to disagree, disagree with Olivia. <laughs> I'm yeah. all by myself on no man's land with this one, so. <laughs> but it's okay. I mean, the fact that, again, this is going We back- still love you. Yeah. You poor just... unenlightened person. <laughs> That's horrible. Oh. Um, hey, I, I joke. Joke. But no, what I was going to say is... That's is your this... perception of me and that's okay because it's not reality. <laughs> <laughs> you this can is... perceive that all you want, but at the end of the day, that is where reality is false. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is where I, I look at the reality of it. It doesn't... To me, the reality for at least Christians is, is that God created the the world and that we do have seven days we don't have 10 we don't have what you know that's god the romans tried to do that yes that turned out like crap yes but so that's the reality of it that for at least for christians what we believe there is you know god created the universe and it's it's almost like the same as what happens to us after we're dead i kind of don't care how it got, like, how God got it here, if he got it here in, you know, one day and then, and, you know, did it in seven days, but gave us that seventh day to rest. I really don't care. I wasn't there. The only thing I'm happy about is that I'm here now. Like, other than following God and doing what, what he is asked to now, it's not my responsibility to sit there and figure out the events that took place to the hour, to the minute, to the second that it happened. I just need to know that God created the universe, which he did. Right. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's not our job to to necessarily tell people, unless it's, like, obviously very, very skewed from biblical sense. You right. know, like, oh, you know, Christ never rose again. That's a little bit far-fetched, in my right. opinion. Like, if someone has that perception in the Bible, I'm like, um... Like, no, that, that's, okay. that, that's not what the Bible says now. Right. Because <laughs> then you're defending, you're defending scripture. Yeah. You know, you're defending the, the absolute, what we hold as, yes, this book contains absolute truth on these spiritual matters. So, right. yeah, no, you got to defend that. Absolutely. But, you know, it's our job as Christians to to encourage and hold accountable to fellow Christians and then, you know, be representations of Christ-like people to bring more people to Christ. It's not necessarily our job to point fingers and say, 
oh no, you're wrong. Yeah, and that's that's a big reason why I don't like getting into debate to debates about what happens after you die. Because again, for me, and this is just oh, my do. opinion of it, it it I need to know where I'm going, not how I get there. And we brought this up last month. I don't the the running joke now is that I'm gonna go up on a flying pizza, which Caroline, you need to draw that. But I mean, uh, I'm sorry, that, Jordan, that, but it looks rather Simpsons esque in my brain. I'm not, I'm not really happy with that. I want to see that. I do too. Well, it just, look, there was one episode. I don't know what it was. It was one of the newer ones where the apocalypse is happening and Lisa starts being pulled to heaven, and then of course Homer grabs her by the foot and brings her back down to earth. Which part of me is like, no, if God wants her. You shouldn't be able to move her. Yeah. But, you know, I can basically see you doing, like, an anime Naruto leap onto a pizza, ascending into heaven, you know? No, I'm just going to walk over to the pizza. I'm going to kneel on it and put my hands together, and the pizza will rise. And I will... <laughs> you made it even more Catholic. Yep. No, I got you. I got you. You're going to Mario hop on oh, multiple slices of pizza. <gasps> I like that better. With with coin sounds. Bring. I like that. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. That's my point is I don't care if, if I am flying up. And that came out of a discussion with a bunch of middle schoolers of, you know, how they, they asked me directly. They were like, how do you think you're, you know, we go to heaven. And I was like, honestly, I don't care. My thing is where I'm going. That perception of that particular part of the Bible for some people is a sticking point. There are people who will go to war literally about how we die. That's not, and to me, that's not being like what you said, Liv, that's not being Christ-like. If you're going to go and you're going to go to war about something that in the grand scheme of things is trivial, then that, then that to me is not being, that's not doing what God has called us to do. God called us to preach his word and to show love. That was literally the only two, only two things that we were commanded to do. Yeah. That's it. And I think, I think that's where a lot of Christians get into heated debates, you know, and we get, we get such a negative perception of Christians from uh, outside sources and outside opinions, because there are so many Christians that deal in absolutes that yeah. deal in, you know, their personal reality and how they want to perceive their reality and they move forward in it and it hurts people along the way. You know what I mean? It's like we have so many battles kind of going on right now amongst different communities versus the Christians, especially right now in the kind of in the situation that we're living in um, as far as COVID goes we're feeling a lot of that backlash because, you know, we want to go to church. Well, it's kind of against the rules to congregate in a church right now. You know, Christians are perceiving some, there are some Christians that are perceiving that as a removal of liberty and freedom of faith and freedom of religion. And I'm like, yeah, that's a little, that's a little far-fetched because, you know, reality is it's extremely, extremely dangerous to congregate in a group of people 10 or more and be close in, in close proximity because the reason COVID got really bad and started in our state is because of a, a, a pastor who yeah. had COVID-19, spoke at a funeral, yeah. and all those people spread it. Well, you that, know, a specific 
spot in the state. The metro area that was completely different, but. But I mean, like that's that's the that's the current report of like okay, this is where this is where we can kind of pinpoint a a small a, starting point. Yeah, a specific thing of yeah. So you know, it's and and then on top of that, you have I'm just gonna go into you know I had a I had a conversation with my father a couple weeks ago, go into the the whole persecution of Christians right now. Like there well, is a perception, a per- there's a perception it. currently that. The government is persecuting Christians because we will not marry same-sex couples in particular churches. Because certain home, you know, family-grown stores will not bake cakes for same-sex marriages. That is their, that is that group of, of Christians' reality. They feel, con- feel conviction to say no. That's also their freedom to turn away business. Absolutely. But there is such backlash on the Christians right now because we do have a bad reputation with those who are extreme Christians who take that reality too far and speak out their truth too much. And it rubs opposite groups the wrong way. Well, and I mean, that's, you know, you go back and you look at how Jesus handled people who had opposing views to to him he was in the you know among the worst of the worst people the tax collectors and you know just that was for for that part of you know the lepers he these were the people that he was around on a daily basis and the ones that were considered high and mighty which were the Pharisees and the Sadducees were the ones that he really had issues with for that reason, they were saying, exactly. you need to be cutting yourself off from these people. And he goes, no, my job is to love every single person. And I think that that, that is where a lot of, a lot of absolute Christians miss the mark is they want to be, they want to make sure that they're telling the truth, but they don't do it within love. And there's, there's exactly a difference when you speak an absolute truth, but you do it within love. Versus when you speak an absolute truth and you do it with a hard heart. Absolutely. And and that kind of goes back to what our main topic is, is like, as long as, you know, and also going back to like the reason I kind of dug deeper into Caroline's, you know, original topic of right. perception versus reality is, you know, we can have a perception of our own due to life circumstances, which is what I said, uh, you know, at the beginning. And it create a a, a really a reality for ourselves, but as long as our reality isn't done out of hatred, our reality isn't done out of out of hypocrisy. It's done as long as it's done out of like love and the the main points that Christ wants us to go about, and it's not hurting anyone. Like what's what's the harm in having a different opinion and a different viewpoint of fundamental situations like creation yeah well and it challenges you to think deeper yeah it forces you if you don't have anybody around you that thinks differently or has a different perception of of the reality around you you're never going to grow you're never going to get deeper in in your you know in your faith and or in your beliefs and you know we've seen this on the podcast live a good example was when we talked about the women preaching 
throughout that entire episode, you were getting challenged by the three of us and we were all challenging each other. And by the end of it, you know, you were kind of like, okay, my perception of this topic has now changed just from the fact of being around three different people who have three different views and three different perceptions about this one topic. And that's, that's what, but again, we all sat there and did it with a non-judgmental and a non-hard-hearted way of communicating. Absolutely. So we've kind of talked on this a little bit, but is there any particular examples that y'all want to address of perception having a influence on reality? Yes. Go for it. Oh, mercy. Yes. (laughs) I mean, I'm just going to talk about our current situation really quick. Go for it. Being COVID, uh, a lot of news articles that are coming out a lot of Mm. information can be can be viewed as false information and that's one of the things that I think is extremely dangerous right now is this this creative perception of COVID-19's reality is skewing and and creating a lot of fear amongst the U.S. right now one example that I I am strongly strongly passionate about making sure people are understanding is CBS uh, recently put a a article out and they recently had a newscast about our hospitals in the U.S. and they you know were talking about how full our hospitals were and how overwhelmed our nurses and doctors and staff were in these hospitals and then showed a a video of an emergency room, a a trauma center full with hazmat suits and people, you know, sick and, and struggling in this, in these, you know, beds and them struggling to have space for them. And they're all just crammed into this small, small space. That was actually a video of Italy's hospital. Oh, wow. And they claimed it as a U.S. hospital. And it, it brought a lot of terror to a lot of people before they realized, like, it was, it, was not a, it was not the U.S.'s current reality. Yes, our hospitals are overwhelmed. Yes, our nurses and our staffs are overwhelmed. But there's so much love and so much support being given to these people mm-hmm. right now in these, these communities right now that... There is, there is still space. We still see that, that positive, you know, outlook. We see the light kind of shining through at the end of the tunnel. But for CBS to take this, this video clip that was not even ours to begin with and claim it as a U.S.-owned video, a U.S. hospital, it was, it was wrong. And it was, oh, yeah. it was skewing the perception of terrified people right now people are terrified there are people Mm -hmm. who have you know no job right now there are people who are not are not being taken care of because they made too much in in their 2018 tax return and they they were able to they weren't able to get that that refund that that relief fund that a lot of people were able to get there are small businesses that are not able to get that loan because there are big businesses that have skewed their reality to falsely claim money when they have too many people to claim that money yeah Mm -hmm. they they've created a false reality so yeah i think there's there's plenty of examples in our current situation that is is dangerous and we shouldn't always believe other people's 
realities. I mean, we want to talk about the fact that our state has recently opened. That was stupid. Yeah. Now, granted, well, granted, it does not need to be the gover- governor's decision. It does need to be local businesses to give us that freedom back because it's unconstitutional for them to remove our freedom. But for people to... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, for people to actively think like, oh, it's over. We're going out. We're going to open these stores. No. no. The reality no. is stores that are probably going to go out of business, those are the ones that should open. Stores mm-hmm. that are, are struggling to stay open, those are the ones that should be open. Stores that are mm-hmm. essential to help other people, those are the ones that should be open. I'm sorry, but schools, churches, dance studios, I'll speak on dance studios, they should not be opening right now. Yeah, no. It's dumb, but that's my perception. guys, Caroline here with a huge shout out to all first responders all over the world. Whether you're in a hospital or urgent care center or running deliveries for stores and restaurants, Call to the Table salutes your bravery and heroism in this crazy time of need. For those of us in different situations, let's continue to do our part by social distancing and sanitizing so we can beat this thing into the ground as one united force. That's all I've got for today. Bye guys! What about you, John? I mean, I have my hand raised. I know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get to it. I promise. I'm gonna let you go before me. But no. John's looking bored. No, I mean, <laughs> to me, we've kind of John's said been everything. really quiet recently. He's been really quiet. I haven't been so. able to interrupt him. It's been really sad. That's <laughs> because you're not right there. You quiet. can't gleam in your eye. You know? <laughs> I know. I can't look at him and be like, he's about to talk. He's taking a deep breath and interrupting count. Moo. <laughs> I just wave. John waves. That's all I'm going to say to that. That's I'm just going to wave. <laughs> you don't have an example? No, not right off the top of my head. That's rude. Sorry. John's been at work today, so he got to, he's he's not as on as he normally is. All right, Caroline, you go before me. Go. All right. This is just piggybacking off of what was what Liv was talking about. Um, I know she has a more notable example about, uh, like, just the big newscasters just straight up lying about this. But uh, it's funny, mom was scrolling through her Facebook feed and she found this article that was talking about uh, somebody local who died supposedly due to COVID. Well, turns out while they had COVID when they tested uh, the body, they died from a heart attack, not from COVID. And she's like, look, look, look. Let me just make sure that I'm not crazy right here. And she read the title, and then she read what was actually in the body paragraphs. And she said, that's misleading, isn't it? And I said, yep. <laughs> yep, that totally is. So it's it's big, it's small, it's money, which is why yeah. I'm definitely going to say take everything that you hear with an ounce of salt. Like, don't just flat out believe everything the news tells you because that's one of the problems with these 24/7 news uh people you've they always have to have a story there there always has to be something going on and so they'll take little things and they'll blow them up or they'll just flat out lie so that they can get the views versus the other news stations it 
you got to read between the lines, read as many sources as possible, go to foreign sources if you have to, to figure out what's actually going on. And then keep yourself safe, you know, just be smart. Something I saw a really good post on Tumblr where somebody said, look, guys, as far as people opening things, don't join the masses that are getting all cabin fevered. Think about the Spanish flu. The first outbreak did not kill as many people as the second outbreak because everybody got cabin fever and they went out and tried to live life again and no. So that yeah, no partying. No partying yet. So yeah, I I think that's very important to remember. We we can only leave the shelter when the storm has truly passed. We are perhaps in the eye of the hurricane. Uh, so don't, you know, don't go outside yet. What were you saying, John? You're not living. More people in the second round of the Spanish flu died in trenches during World War One than they did in a house. But again, it was the same thing. They were in the trenches, tested, and they had Spanish flu, so technically it was well, a death with Spanish flu. Yeah, I mean, no, they did die. I mean, they did die of Spanish flu, but I'm saying they were already in a weakened immune state oh, from I being in the trenches. It's like being And I, I do get I do get that. I didn't know that, so that's definitely a factor that plays into it. But I still think, you know, it, it it could be worse if we take this as a true reprieve. Absolutely. Which is why we need to be smart about uh, going back to regular life in stages. Yeah, absolutely. Liv? Um, oh, sorry, John. Yeah, sorry. yeah. And every pandemic does always have a second outbreak. Mm-hmm. Matters on degree. Liv? Mm-hmm. Well, I was I was going to add just some some facts that... COVID-19 and, and some of the things that I've done more research on because, you know, at the end of the day, I have students who, you know, are like, who can we trust? What can we do? And I'm like, well, let me just look it up and make my own, you know, get get my own information and kind of figure things out and weed things out on my own. Um, one of the things that I think the news stations have really, really played out on is the amount of deaths. And we talked about this the other day when we were prepping for this particular podcast. There can be a car accident and that person tests test positive for COVID and they mm-hmm. call it COVID, yeah. you know? Yeah. But the, the... That's what I said earlier. The deep, deep root in the reality is COVID-19 actually is not the part that kills people. It's the pneumonia you get after. Yeah. COVID. The, and they're not they're not advertising that. Sorry. So the it's not the AIDS that kill you, it's the diseases that AIDS lets you get. Exactly. It's this reality of, you know, you gain COVID nineteen, which is a strand of a cold. Yeah. It's it's, it's a strand it's, of the common cold that is so severe that it allows fluid into your lungs, which then gives you pneumonia, which is deadly. But we're so fixated on the fact that people are getting COVID-19 and dying from COVID-19. No, people are dying from pneumonia. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, it's, yeah, we don't have a cure. Yeah, we don't have any remedies. But, like, we also have ways to prevent it. Absolutely. We have ways to help pneumonia. Like, 
And, and BT Dubs, if you think this is just a PSA, if you think uh, you're coming down with it or anything, don't take ibuprofen. No, that don't take it worse. No, Absolutely. don't do that. Go, go contact your doctor immediately. Like, it's better Tylenol to is fine, not ibuprofen. Yeah, and it's better to get tested and be sure you don't have it than to wait it out and then have it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But we also, you know, one of the things that I keep looking for, and I know we're never going to get, is yes, we've had an escalated amount of quote unquote COVID-19 related deaths, but how many people have actually survived it? Show me that number. Give me oh. that side by side. Because reality is more people are surviving it than they are being killed by it. Absolutely. The last number I heard on that is it had a 0.7% death rate. My point. point point. My point (laughs) made there. Mic drop. (laughs) Like, ugh. I mean, in comparison, the flu has about a 0.2 to 0.5% death rate. So, I mean, it is still significant. I'm not significant. There is still a larger number in the 0.7, but again, it's not, we're not one or two or three percent. They originally thought two percent, and then they're like, well, it's not that because they keep finding all these new cases. I mean, this is, that's New York City's 0.7%. So that's not even Georgia, which is what, obviously, where we live. Yeah. Yeah. That's New York City, which has been like the worst of the worst in the United States. And they're even getting better. Mm-hmm. They, for they now. have come out the last for now. They have come out the last couple of weeks and said that they're seeing their nom- their numbers drop. And for us, because I haven't gotten to speak yet, for for me, one of the things again going with COVID, where there's an example of perception for you know, having a huge influence on reality, my mom has done something amazing, which is she checks the the Department of Health website and sees the numbers and stuff, but she's actually been tracking it so that she can see how many cases were increasing by like a day. And so for her, it's not, she doesn't log on and all of a sudden there's 23,000 new cases. For her, she looks at it and goes, what's the difference between yesterday's and today's? And she actually told me today, and this was, granted, there's a you know, three to five day lag in the, in the results because of how long it takes to get the results back. But there is actually, we were increasing just in Georgia, we were increasing about a thousand positive cases a day. And my mom went like four days without checking it. She checked it again today. And she said that we have dropped from about a thousand cases a day to 400 positive cases a day. That's still a large number, but that's a huge, that's 600 people drop, like, that are not testing positive now. That, you mm-hmm. know, that's a big that's deal. That's a 60% drop. That's a 60% drop. And that's huge. And that's, and again, live like what you're saying, that's not what's getting reported. They're reporting, you throw out big numbers like 2,300 or 23,000 or 50,000, and that's what people hear. And so that's, that now is their reality. Whereas what they should be doing is like what my mom is doing, where she's tracking the difference. This is where elementary math comes into play, people. Um, she's tracking the difference to see how many cases we so learn actually, your math. You know your math. Um, 
are actually increasing by. So for her, her reality is, and her, you know, what she is basing her perceptions on are not these astronomical numbers. It's, she's seeing the decrease. She's seeing the decline, whereas a lot of people are not. And I actually just heard this this morning when I was on my way to work. In between, like, Louisiana, Detroit, New York City, and one other city is 47% of the cases of COVID in the United States. So Jeez. three cities in a state is about half of the cases in the United States. Yeah. Just throwing that bit out there. <laughs> what are, obviously, we, you know, COVID right now is the is the big topic, but what are some other, like, examples that y'all can think of where perception plays a influence into reality that mm -hmm. animal crossing is a bad game that is people's false reality <laughs> animal i was crossing gonna say war life. of the world but <laughs> animal crossing is life on this actually if you want yes i'm sure you did that's right up your alley too world war one oh hmm. i said war of the world well no but world war one <laughs> There was the perception that the country that did the initial invading was going to annex the other country. In reality, they said they weren't going to do it. And that was the only reason why Russia got involved in the war, which is the only reason why Germany got involved in the war, which got everybody else involved in the war. I there's this comic that I really like that basically shows World War I as an increasing bar fight. It continues on the World War II. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, and the countries are drawn in so much detail. Oh my word, I love those I, too. I don't know the I don't know the comic, but I have it. It's written out word for yeah, word. Yeah, you line. you you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I love it. That's my favorite thing in the world right now. Mm -hmm. I love it. Anybody else? Any other examples before we move on? I, I'll mention War of the Worlds if nobody else has any. Go for it. Okay, so I'm trying to remember when. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm just going to look it up. I'm in front of a computer. I'm going to look it up. All right, War of the Worlds. Yeah, I'm on the computer. Wow. Yes. <laughs> okay, so uh, it was in 1938. Radio was in its heyday, and people were still sort of dealing with kind of going into World War II, so there's already a little edge in the general public. And Orson Welles, who was a very famous actor, decided that he was going to do a radio adaptation of The War of the Worlds. But here's how they did it differently. They did it as though it was actually happening. They did a regular uh, radio update uh, as though it were breaking news. Uh, they had sound effects. They described people getting zapped. But the thing is, they actually did do a, at the beginning, this is just a present, you know, this is not real. But a lot of people didn't hear that. They tuned in in the middle of the program. And so they freaked out. And, I mean, it's, it's not that, okay, not a ton of people did it, but enough that it warranted uh, 
the whole, you know, United States going, ha ha, people are gullible. Well, let's think about the time period. Let's think about how it was presented. This was something that brought out the deepest fears of people of actually being invaded by a foreign entity. So I think that's a really good example of their true reality being skewed by their sudden perception. So yeah, I, I think that's it's one of my favorite examples. A little context on that. It was the first time in radio history there was actually just dead silence on the radio. Oh yeah, that was after they uh, supposedly, you know, got cut off. Yeah, and the people in New York were running for the hills when that was going on. Mm-hmm. Then you also got to remember, this also happened on Halloween Day, uh-huh. October 31st. Nobody thought about it, though. I hate yeah. aliens. <laughs> that was so random, Liv. Well, war, war, the War of Worlds had, like, alien... War of the Worlds. Yeah, that one. It had, like, alien influence later. No, I get that. It just were, it was just really random that all of a sudden I hate aliens. I just need to everyone to know how much I despise aliens. Well, I mean, it's like it's okay. Types. The aliens in that are really stupid anyway. Like, hey, all the power to you, H.G. Wells, for doing one of the first alien invasion stories, but they really suck. Yeah. Like, they get killed by the microbes on Earth. Like, wow. They, they how everybody on Earth, but they die from bacteria. Yeah, what a letdown! Wait, so you're what? telling me COVID nineteen actually will keep us safe from aliens? <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, no. All Martians in his book. Bacteria, not viruses. Different story. I mean, potato, potato. <laughs> right. One's a living organism. One is not. Well, you know what? I'm a living organism. Olivia, John will fight you about this. I don't you care. Know as long as the are. aliens die, I don't care. I hate aliens. Okay. I know they're not real. Well, I pray they're not real. Um, yeah, I hate aliens. I, I, I just, that's an awesome segue. So, Liv, do we have any, before we go to our last topic, do we have any shout outs or anything you want to say? I know we didn't do group text for this um, week, and that's fine. I uh, reached out. Oh, dang. It's been that long already? My goodness. I this went by fast. Reached I out. know. You um, did reach out? Oh, yeah. I reached out like four hours ago. But we did not have any group texts, no. And we didn't do any shout outs only because, uh, and, you know, just to kind of give perspective on what's been going on on our ends of COVID, or at least my end on COVID, I've been revamping social media. So I've kind of just been posting sound bites for now and in well i mean by the time this comes out may 1st will already have come and gone but may 1st we're getting a whole new uh kind of social media focus i'm kind of working on some cool things i'm going to obviously share it with you guys before may 1st i have a couple more days i want to perfect a couple things but yeah I'm, i'm really excited about the direction i'm going with social media i've learned some really cool things from my fiance uh we have another podcast, the two of us, we do a couple's kind of podcast, and I've learned a lot through uh, how to social media and how Twitter is actually, like, the thing to get connected to other people. Like, we've connected with other podcasts, and I'm, I'm very excited to release all of this on uh, May 1st. Yay! Yeah. So we don't have any shout-outs, but yeah. 
Awesome. I did first. Can I insert one thing there? We don't have a shout out. (laughs) What? Our shout out is that we don't have a shout out. Our shout out is to our social media because it's going to be revamped. Okay. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I did have one last little tidbit of, of like perception having a negative impact on reality. Go for it. Go for it. Um, If someone's reality is detrimental or opposite of somebody else's. So if you've got two people who have two opposing realities and they perceive it even in a in a deeper negative state, that's actually going to cause a great, great, great deal of negative reality on another human being. Caroline, I think you talked about it a little bit earlier, being that like if my perception of a particular negative situation, say with a family member or with uh, a friend and their perception is and their reality is also completely negative on my account, that's going to create a very detrimental, uh, I like to call them bookmark in that particular person's psyche or or development through relationships, friendships, or family, you know, interactions. Yeah. And it kind of actually sprung something in my mind. One of the things with, of all the people in the world, Talking about Hitler. One of the theories of why he had a hatred for Jews is that his mother died while in the care of a Jewish nurse. Well, he ended up developing the perception that Jews were pretty much the worst people on earth. And that was kind of against the rest of the world. Really? I mean... (laughs) What? Shocking, I know, right? The people who've been almost like the scapegoats for everybody in all history. Hate to say wow. that. But. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Well, and we can even take it to current day. Like, a lot of people have a negative perception of our president. Yeah. Because of his past. Well, because he doesn't do everything like normal. He's not presidential. No, he's not. He's a businessman, and that's always what he's been. And he's not. Yeah, he didn't like he didn't go into politics and like train to be president. Exactly. He was was a businessman that looked at our country and said, I can make them richer and decided to become president and ended up obviously becoming president. But yeah, and I'm sorry for the background noise, because like Liv said at the beginning, we are recording virtually and I do have a dog. And so if you hear background noise like clinging or um. Like laughing. Th- laughing or thumping, that's because my dog is, is in the room with us, so sorry. Well, and, you know, to kind of elaborate a little bit more, you know, a lot of people have a negative opinion on how Trump has been taking care of COVID-19 situations and the way he's kind of addressed certain things. Um, yeah. But name a president in our lifetime. So I'm, I'm speaking on, uh, you know, the fact that more more like the ones that we are aware of. So W. Bush, Obama, right. and Trump. Those are three that like I can recall and have a very vivid memory of these individuals. Anything right. prior to W. Bush, uh, I was too young. Sorry. Didn't pay attention. Didn't care. Could care less. Absolutely. Uh, but name a president in our lifetime that would have personally made sure 
that those individuals who could not work and had a were living on a lower scale of financial, you know, income gave them relief funds. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, let's just be real. I I cannot tell you, and I have no confidence in or confidence in our former president, the one that preceded uh, or came before uh, Trump. I do not yeah. feel confident that he would have done the exact same thing in this situation. Sorry, that's my opinion. That's just my perception on that man. Nothing against it. I will always respect our president, and I'll always, always, Amen. always hold our president with a higher authority because it's biblical. I will never, ever, ever speak ill of a president, but I can tell you that I do not have the confidence that our president prior to Trump would have done the same thing because of his presidential tactics. Well, and my my thing with, I know that the presidents for us are, are leaders, and but nobody, nobody trains for a national emergency. Yeah. You know, the last time that our country was under fire like this which we're not you know we're not attacking a physical enemy it's it's a virus but the last time that we were under something like this was 9-11 to where it did shut down you know the the airlines and businesses were shut down and we united and da 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 that was 9-11 bush had been in office for a very short amount of time and he reacted to the best way that he know that he knew how because no president that's not part of their training right no president is sat there and like okay if there's a terrorist attack this is how you react if there's a virus that spreads worldwide not nationwide worldwide this is how you react they have to go off of immediate decisions because we are as a people, we have gotten so spoiled, and this is an attack on us, and I'm not meaning to be callous, but this is, we have gotten so spoiled, and so, um, we want a response right now. Right. We want a response yesterday. And so, Trump is having to make, and Bush did the same thing, are having to make quick decisions. Sometimes they're right, and sometimes they're wrong, but they have to make them so quick that they are not given the time to really fully assess and take their time to come up with a plan because that's not what we want. We don't want to be patient. Exactly. We want immediate action. So sometimes stuff happens where we, you know, going with, you know, for us, for Georgia with Kemp, there may be, you know, he's reopened certain things. We may have to go back down on lockdown. My thing is, is that he hasn't, an, and, and Liv, you have this right. It should be a local thing, but he has an entire state that he's making decisions for. There are some places like, you know, Fulton County and Albany and stuff like that, that have higher numbers that should definitely be not as open as they are, but that there are some counties that have 10 cases and they haven't increased since this all started. Right. So he's having to make decisions for literally the entire state and all the governors are having to do this. They're having to make a decision for the entire state. They're looking at the entire state as a whole and going, okay, do I really want this county that has 10 cases to be under the same lockdowns as Fulton County or as Albany or as all these other places that have thousands of cases. Right. You talk about fair that, that he's being as fair as he can and, and same and same with Trump. Right. 
within the reasons of being, you know, continuing to be constitutional. Like, absolutely. My perception, and I think it's it's unfair for us to currently have a negative perception. I don't care where you're from. I don't care what your background is. I don't care if you're Democrat, if you're Libertarian, if you're Republican. I don't care. It is unfair for us to create a perception of our leadership who is not prepared to do things like this. It's not fair. And I think that goes into, you know, where I feel like if you already have a negative perception and have created a negative reality on someone without even taking the time to understand what's going on, you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. All right. So uh, last point, what are some methods that you can implement to help you discern between someone's perception and the reality? Liv? I think there are multiple stages of understanding Um, I think one that I think everyone just needs to kind of uh, be aware of and just start practicing is keeping an open mind. Yes. Um, I think it's important to, you know, have that open mind, but also come to terms with the fact that everyone's going to have a different perception of the same event or same, you know, concept or same movement or whatever like everyone's going to perceive it differently which is going to shape their reality differently and just keeping that open mind of you know they may see it differently you know just don't be don't be rude don't be mean about it you know you can share yours and you can share how you feel um respectfully but you know and it goes back to handling conflict and communication you know this is a really good tie-in to that if you know, like, you disagree with that person's perception and their reality, go back and list through the ways that you can communicate with that person. And if it develops conflict, go through and figure out how can you handle this conflict and realize, like, at the end of the day, people are going to see things differently. Tough. Yeah, absolutely. John? I mean... Yeah, going back, what was the qu- the question exactly was again? What methods can you use to discern between or differentiate between people's perception and reality? This is where fellowship, in my opinion, comes into play. Because when you have multiple people around you, you can start bouncing what your perception is off of other people. And... Back to my initial analogy of there's the absolute truth, then there's person A, and then there's person B. There's at least three sides to a story. Yeah. Well, if person A and person B start talking to each other, they're eventually going to come to agreement on something that's going to be closer to the actual truth than what either one of them had initially. Right. So, for instance, if you are perceiving that a co-worker at work is being... An absolute horrible. horrible person, and this has actually happened to me recently. And you start talking to other people because, at least for me personally, I will sit there and go, "Well, that's what how I perceive this." Yeah. And I start talking to other people, and if you start hearing people say some similar stuff to what you're saying, 
then you know it's going to be closer to a truth. Or if they're saying the opposite of what you're saying, and it's from more people, it might be you that needs to take a check and come to terms that you might not be seeing the correct seeing it correctly. Yeah. Me. Sure. Okay. I would say, yeah, piggybacking off of that, what John said, I think being able to, A, not being in an absolute, so not being like, I'm right, you're wrong, everybody else can just go away, like, being able to self-reflect as well as knowing when something is, is for sure right or for sure wrong. In the gray areas, though, I agree with John, I think you know, if you are viewing somebody as a horrible boss or whatever, and nobody else really feels that way, then, you know, you need to be able to sit there and go, well, what am I doing? Or or how, what in my life is perceiving this? Um, you know, Caroline, using the halt that you came up with, or not you came up with, but you heard, um, you know, using those things and just being able to self-reflect. But then in addition to that, you know, if your perception of somebody, if your perception of a situation or of a particular person or whatever uh, is negative, I think being or, or positive and everybody, you know, if it's if it's along the lines of what everybody else is thinking, then I agree wholeheartedly with what uh, Liv said. Um, I think being able to sit there and go okay, well, how can I handle this conflict? How can I communicate correctly? Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think that that's the best, best way to do it is to sit there and A, be able to self-reflect, um, but then also be able to use steps and uh, methods to handle the conflict or, or, or communicate better. Because I know like with me and, and, Caroline, when we have had issues before, both of us will come back together and be like, well, I was perceiving you as being like really hard hearted. It's like, oh, no, that's totally not what I was meaning to do. But we are able to come together and communicate and say, this is what when you said this, this is how I perceived it. Um, and same with, you know, me and John, when we have conflict in our relationship, which has been all weekend. Yeah. Um, we're, we're able to sit there and go, okay, what's, what's really the root of this? What am I doing? What are you doing? And yada, yada. So Caroline, I'm sorry. What was the lasting thought? What, what was the, what methods? Right? Nobody can remember. Uh, methods. I okay. remembered. <laughs> Thank you. Liz. Well, you were right after the question was asked. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm, I'm at the tail end guys. And I, sometimes the question gets kind of lost in as I'm listening to everybody's you know, trains of thought. So no, I got you. Let, give, give the poor little caboose a chance. I got you. So little's correct. Uh, <laughs> Shut up, John. <laughs> <laughs> methods would be, I agree with John talking to other people, getting a full picture, trying to give the person the benefit of the doubt do your own research mm, if you know if you can about this person or situation don't give in to fear tactics uh because that doesn't help anyone and try and see the situation around you that you're currently going through and maybe you just have to reflect and go are my own 
feelings about this skewing my perception of the event. Right. So, yeah. Cool. Well, anything else that we need to say or whatever before we sign off? Um, I would like to say that if anyone out there is feeling lonely right now and feeling just the weight of what COVID is bringing on, um, please, please, please feel free, feel, (laughs) please feel free to reach out to us and keep an eye out on our socials because we are doing Zoom meetings, we're doing live meetups, you know, just to kind of create some normality and some social interaction while keeping social distancing. Um, And it's important to continue to, you know, look forward and not sit in this particular situation. Um, It's, it's, you know, it's lasting longer than we, we anticipated or we had hoped for. And it's important to band together as a community. um, And now community is more important than ever. Uh, So, you know, Keep keep an eye out, and I know John, you're gonna do the outro and plugging our social media, but just you know, keep keep an eye out, and if you guys need to talk to anybody, we are we're on it, we're we're active, we're we're constantly checking and making sure you know in our emails and stuff. But it's important to continue to have that community because if if not, you're gonna continue to sit in a reality that uh, is causing your mind to spin and that's not healthy in this kind of situation. Yeah. All right. Lead us out, John, with your radio voice. No. No. <laughs> not the, so not the I, voice. I, I just got to point one thing out. Liv, is this practicing social distancing? Are Considering you... all the last times we recorded, you kept going, this is not social distancing. I mean, technically, yeah, we're practicing social distancing right now by recording remotely. I know, but I'm saying, you know, typically you say that as, you know, I'm right about to touch you. And I can't touch you this way. Yeah, he can't he can't touch her now, ha, you know. Ha ha. <laughs> Try me. <laughs> I mean, I could come over, but You have no idea where I'm at right now. You don't have the address to this house. <laughs> no. I know but... where you well, I know where you are. I know where you live, but I know where you are. You told me where David's house is. Yeah, but you don't know what number he's at. He's at, and y'all don't know what my car looks like now because homegirl got a car. <gasps> Congratulations! Thanks, it's David. And on that car. note, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Lisa, John. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Call to the Table. Please get in contact with us at, at <laughs> if you have any questions, comments, future topic ideas. Or just feeling lonely Concerns and one, and of, one of our representatives will be with you. <laughs> John. Go ahead. This yes. is the roughest one you've ever done. It is. It's because John's, mm-hmm. try- John's trying to like look at me and talk at the same time. And it's <laughs> it's hilarious. Working. I love it. Say, it, it, it. She's making me crack up more than when I look at you, Lydia. <laughs> well, you can't see me and I might be making faces at you. So, you know what? It's a <laughs> do you want me to wrap it up this week sure go ahead thank you for listening to call the table if you are lonely bored or if you have topic suggestions or future topics for us to discuss or questions you want answered please give us an email at called the table at gmail.com or message us on instagram at called the table pod.com 
<laughs> um, and we will see y'all next week. And don't forget, we have Twitter now. And we have Twitter now. Woohoo! Bye. Bye. Live long and prosper, people. We will get through this. No Spock! <laughs> <laughs>